Welcome to Canuck of the Dead. I am your host, Rob Bellamy, and today we are going to be talking about a movie that kind of blew me away the first time I saw it, uh, Blood in the Snow. I remember it vividly, and it has stuck with me. I still have my copy, which this guy still has not signed, but we are going to take care of that very soon. I want to welcome Mikey McMurrin from Secret Santa. How you doing, Mikey? Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. That's a kick-ass intro, by the way. I Usually, if I do a podcast, it's the, the intro is added in later. So to actually be part of it, got me amped. Yes. And I was waiting to start. I, I love the song that we picked, too, by Abandoned Souls. It's awesome music. <laughs> yeah, the montage was great. It's, it's, they should do that more. I feel like in a podcast, it's, it's usually like they, they add that stuff in later. I was like, this is like a true intro. Exactly. Right? Like you said, get amped for the interview. Yeah. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to bring everybody up to speed. I've got a little clip to play here. Uh, let's see if you recognize this film. Let's get the Secret Santa Party started. It's Christmas time. Merry Christmas from your Secret Santa. That special time of year when people come together. A power drill. But someone has other plans. Oh, great. Exactly what I asked for. A meat cleaver. I didn't get you that. And it's brought their own version of holiday cheer. Gardening cheers? This Christmas. You better shout. You better cry. You better pout. I'm telling you why. Secret Santa has come to town. Man, I love that trailer. <laughs> it's the spirit. Yes, and I still remember vividly the first time I saw that was that shock stock. Right. When you got you and Brent were there at the table and yeah. uh, had that little trailer playing. How did this start? Because like I said, I, I, I met you just before you guys start. Well, you'd gotten some of the filming done. Yeah, this takes takes us back a long time because um, we, we started shooting it in January of 2015. So we were in casting and pre-production in through 2014. Um, yeah, it's been so long ago now, like about seven years, which is crazy to think. Um, I guess because 2020s felt like a like a very long five years in itself, but <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, I I I guess it started. I remember we were having like a family gift exchange, and uh, I just kind of came up with that kind of morbid idea for like Secret Santa. Like you open your present, it's the weapon you're going to get killed with. <laughs> and that Christmas, I was uh, especially uh, just. Uh, angry and frustrated with the holiday season because I worked in retail and uh, just felt like I was going a little crazy. So I guess there's like some therapeutic aspect to it, I guess. I um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, yeah, I wrote the script and I had worked with Keegan uh, Chambers and Annette Wozniak and Jeff Almond all before on my prior shorts. And I wrote the three roles that are, they play for them in the script. I had every intention of having them playing those roles. I even let them have a little bit of input. I would send them uh, pages of the script and ask uh, what they thought of it. Uh, and then we got really lucky in casting. We 
yeah, because I mean, there was not a lot of money in the budget. So the fact that we got the people that we did, um, we just lucked out and have held on to them ever since because I realized that, um, you know, it's hard to find people that are that that good, talented on camera and off camera. Um, and having people like Carlos Henricks, who just had a, a love for the genre and especially for slashers and that he was just uh, such a such a cheerleader for us and um you know having guys like you know andre becker and and michael the becker brothers there to do um uh, michael did the audio and and andre did the music and a bunch of props and just everything like we just lucked out so much it, it just it came together and happened really really fast once uh once we kind of began the idea of all collaborating together it just like i i blinked and it was over um and yeah it just it, i it was the craziest production i've ever done just in terms of the effects and the small amount of time but at the same time it was the most fun i think i've had shooting a movie i wouldn't want to go back and do it again but <laughs> i had a blast doing it well th this was your first feature right yeah, yes, it was. What made you pull the trigger in going from that short film to go to a feature and decide to take on something like this? That's a good question. I, I had done probably like a dozen or a half dozen shorts, and I had other shorts in the works, and I forget who I was talking to. It was another filmmaker or someone in the film. I can't remember who it was, but they said, shorts are great. But you really need, if you really want to get on ra people's radar, you need to make a feature. Um, and I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember who said it, but I kind of realized that shorts are great and they're great calling cards for filmmakers. Um, and if you don't have necessarily the availability to do a feature, um, then shorts are, are great just for the opportunity to play at film festivals. But if you want to get, um, it's changing a little bit now. Shorts are getting distributed or put on streaming services, but at that time they weren't very much. Um, so that was kind of the decision to, to jump into features was I realized that I, I wanted to, to take a stab, pun not intended, uh, in the industry and really try to make a mark and, and, and have some success in it. And that's when I decided to do the feature. How come horror? Because the effects alone add trouble to any script, short or feature. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I, and do you know what the best way Bruce Campbell said it best. He said the easiest movies to make are the hardest to watch and the hardest movies to, to make are the easiest to watch. And I, 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 I agree with that. Like it, it was such a, a challenge to do a movie like that with all the effects and, and the small limited amount of time. Like we shot in, I think it was like 12 days plus some pickups um and i and in terms of why horror i i've been i've been a huge fan of horror since i was probably like five or four years old like i i remember my mom would rent me at the library like the universal monster movies were like my intro and then when i was a little bit older i got into jaws and then i uh when i was about nine no i was about eight years old i saw scream when it got released on vhs like right at that summer when it first came out and that was it i was like that is what i want to do exactly that it was perfect. Still my favorite movie to this day. And I mean, if you watch Secret Santa, like like you can see that there's some little tones, not comparing myself to Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson in any way, but I try to capture that, the, the, the scares, but the humor 
that come with that slasher. And I, I try to, to, to emulate or, or to make that a goal is, is to, to, to try and get as close to that level as possible. And uh, yeah. And then I was going to go into acting. Thank God I didn't do that. Um, Cause uh, I'm not very good at it. Uh, but that was my original goal. And then I went to Laurier for film studies, but it was film theory. So you never touched a camera, which oh. by year four was a bunch of us were just itching to make a movie. And just out of happenstance, the Fringe Festival that is in at Laurier every year, they do plays. They decided this is the first year they're going to do short films. And one of my friends from film class was the one that ran it and said, I want you and a couple other guys to make a short film. So that's where I made my first horror short um, where I met Keegan Chambers. And she auditioned uh, at Fringe, and it, for some reason, it was like a lottery of how you did your casting. So, like, if everyone in the room wanted an actor for their play or their film, you had to like draw numbers, and everyone wanted her in it because in their plays or their films because she was awesome. So I knew I was probably not going to get win the lottery just by odds. So I chased her out while the auditions were still going on and chased her down and said, "You were you were amazing. Like you have to be in my movie." I feel like I'm not going to win this lottery. So I, whatever you do is like, I really want you to be in it. So, and, and that was my first movie was Keegan was one of the stars and uh, we shot it uh, in 2009, um, <laughs> a long time ago uh, while I was in school. And just, I mean, it really, it was just a kind of a trial and error kind of thing uh, as everyone's first film short film really is and yeah. their first real short film i'd made stuff when i was a kid but um and yeah and i just loved i loved the as much as it's a bit of a love-hate relationship but i love being out in the middle of nowhere in the dark filming a horror movie is just so much fun um till about 4 a.m but uh, <laughs> uh, and then it doesn't get so fun but i just love that idea <clears throat> i've just been i just find horror movies especially uh, it can be, it, it it can be anything. Like it's it's there's so many different talented filmmakers and stories that get opportunities that you wouldn't in any other genre. You know, without a George Clooney or a Julia Roberts starring. And I always say that um, horror movies are the only genre, maybe sci-fi, but horror movies are the only genre where you can really love the good movies. You can also really love the bad movies. That is so true. Yeah. Some of the best movies are like what they would consider B grade and crappy. And they are so bad they're good. Oh, yeah. It's great. I'll take that. If you give me some popcorn and a can of beer, and I'm I'm a happy guy. If you give me a bad horror movie, I'll that's great. I love it. So when you were making Secret Santa then with all these effects, how how did you figure out what you would need? to do like, like, because this is your first feature, you know, you're trying time constraints. How did you nail down what you needed, how you were going to do it? Um, I didn't, <laughs> I tried, <laughs> <You can't. laughs> um, but I, there, there are so many things that you, you don't even think of problems that you don't even know are problems until you, you face them. Um, uh, I knew that at least with effects, that I had to give extra time to them. Like I, and, and it sounds like a, this should go without saying, but even if you're doing a, a gag that might seem not super difficult, just the process of everything and the intricacies 
uh, can can really take up a lot of time. Um, but you want to give the special effects guys that time because then it will be amazing. And so I made sure that I allotted enough time in the shooting schedule to give double the amount of time for effects scenes. Um, and it actually worked out pretty well. Uh, and for scenes that I knew were going to be just point A to point B scenes where it's not necessarily moving the story forward that much, but it's just a dialogue scene where you're either getting to know the characters or like I said, a point A or point B, we'll do the, I'll do very basic shots. Your master, your over the shoulders. If we have time, maybe go for something quirky. But when you have that little time, you really want to save the cool shots for the big scenes. Um, for the scenes where we had six people in a room with pages and dialogue, we allotted more time for that because, uh, you know, it's just, it's really difficult to be able to get that, you know, amount of emotion and intensity and uh, all that with that many people um, in a short period of time. And I, I think everyone was doing about 10 different jobs uh, just because oh, we didn't have the money for a crew or our crew was beyond the skeleton crew it was a, a femur uh, crew. It's <laughs> just one bone. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, I mean, really that's what make or make makes or breaks a, an indie film, especially at micro budget levels like that under 10 grand, you need people who are just going to be willing to go into the shit with you and, and do every single job imaginable and not sleep. And, and, uh, and if you can find people who will do that for you, um, that's the best gift you can get as a filmmaker. And for some reason they keep doing it. Bless their hearts. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got to ask too, because this is a Christmas movie, obviously, and we all know how hor how horrible it is working with the fake blood and all that. There's the classic Tim Ross story where he was stuck to the floor in Reservoir Dogs, but now you're out there in the cold in winter with fake blood. How did you approach that? Did people have a problem with that? Um we i had mercy on their souls a lot of them their deaths were indoors <laughs> um but in particular uh andre becker is the pizza dude he just got tortured i felt so bad with with his throat slit gag and we didn't start it till i think four in the morning and we had to have the windows down then the suv he was in and it was all tarped up and he like we, we couldn't keep the car on for the heat because like it just it, the sound would be too much and he just all this blood spurted out of his the prosthetic in his neck and it just went all down his back and stuck to him and we had to do we only really had one take we might have done another after the, the initial cut but i just remember the poor guy was frozen and exhausted and he was back on set he had to go back to toronto uh i think he went back to toronto he showered he got up with his kids, made sure they were good, and he was back by 10, 10.30 in the morning. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. So like a guy like that is just gold. So now knowing some behind the scenes of not only this film, but Final Ride, I'm curious to see what happens in your third one. Because I now know Andre was in a freezing car for Secret Santa. Keegan was in a sauna of a car for Final Ride. So I'm yes. very curious to see what's going to happen on the third one. It'll be a temperate car 
<laughs> yeah, we'll be happy. It'll be so yeah. weird. It'll be a perfect temperature car. No. Uh, yeah. It, it, the, the thing is, I joke about it all the time when we're on set. It's like my, my films are like the most uncomfortable films to be on. If there's a day where the actors are not either covered in sticky blood or roasting in the sun or freezing in the cold, they're just, it's, it's like going to the Ritz for them. It's great. <laughs> Yay. Dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned Andre, and that's one thing I wanted to talk about was the score. Yeah. Because he has amazing music. It's very John Carpenter-ish. Mm -hmm. Right? Was he always your pick? Did he come along afterwards? Like, because it's a, it's a match made in heaven for that film. Yeah. No, it is. He, well, it's, it's interesting is I don't know if I had heard any of Andre's musical scores beforehand, um, which is crazy to think. But I just kind of trusted him. <laughs> and I think I got the score like a few weeks before we had our world premiere of Blood in the Snow. Like it was, there was like a cutoff point where I needed to get the screener to the festival. And I think it was like just a few days before. And I just kind of was like, well, hopefully this is good. And it was beyond good. It was, it was amazing. Like I was, I was blown away when I, when I listened to it the first time. I just... He said it's it's the exact same time the track as the movie, so just drop it right in at the beginning, and it should all be cued. And I just watched it that first time in my editing software with it. I just, my mind was blown, and that was just one of those things that was I think just a little meant to be, but also a little filmmaking blessing from the god, the filmmaking gods that we just were able to to because if it wasn't good, I didn't know what I was gonna do. <laughs> yeah, um, I was out of time. <laughs> it was so fast the way we had to get everything done. It was just pure luck. And then after that, I was like, well, you have to score all my movies. You realize this, right? <laughs> um, like you kind of, you kind of screwed yourself. Now you have to do it every mm -hmm. single time. Um, but yeah, and he did score for the final ride and he's done other scores. And, and it's, it's funny because when we, we wrapped shooting on secret Santa in principal photography at the end of March, we got a snowstorm at the end of March, which was just like awesome. Everyone else, besides our crew were pissed. And I was like, this is perfect because we needed an extra day or two of shooting. So we finished in March. We went directly to Shockstock to promote it. I cut a trailer. And then we were in post in the summer. And then in the fall uh, was when we got Andre to do the music. And then we literally had our world premiere in November of that like five six months later so we wow. it, it all happened very fast it was it was it was crazy and then andre won best score at blood and the snow film festival at our world premiere which is which is just great i was so proud of him that's what i mean like that score is it, it was it's i it, uh, i can't even pick the right words like that that movie would be so different if it had different music yeah yeah it really it it really would it i i'll i'll call it scrumptious lesson I have no idea what that means, but I love that word. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's that good. It's that good. You can taste it. Okay. I like that. <laughs> there you go. But I, yeah, I, yeah. He, he has those tones just like Carpenter where they're simple, simple music, but it's so ominous, you know? Yeah. I, he earned that, like that award that year, that with hands down. Oh yeah. I, it was funny that the guy the poor guy he was sitting at the back they were doing the awards and he he told me after he's like i did I, he's like i didn't think i had any chance of winning so he's in the back having a drink and it's like loud in there and they announced him we're at the front and they announced him and i was like so 
we have to go get him. So we chased, <laughs> ran down the bar into the bar. We're like, dude, you won. And he was like, what? You get up. Like they're waiting for you at the front. There's like a hundred people waiting at the front for you. So that was great. I was just, uh, I was so proud and, and so glad that worked out. And it, it's true. It is. It's a, it's a, it's a very Carpenter-esque score. And, um, and then when he, he went on to do my other work, like he, he had a very like, kind of similar Carpenter tone, but at the same time, so different um, that I, I was just so happy to, he's just, he's so, he's so talented. He really is. That's excellent. So with this group that you have now, I, cause like you said, when you find people that you have a good time working with, do you keep them? And it's like, well, yes, obviously. Uh, how, how many further plans do you have with these people? Well, it's interesting you say that, Rob, because uh, actually at your festival, Chatham-Kent Festival, a couple weeks ago, I, I had one project kind of slowly in the works, and now I might have two. Really? With some new collaborators, and uh, which all happened from just going to the festival and then going out for a drink with you guys and some other filmmakers afterwards, which is why I tell young filmmakers network as much as you can go to all the events and festivals because you never know what's going to happen. So I wrote a certain holiday horror film that is not a sequel to Secret Santa um, that I wrote a lot of parts for the actors that I've worked with before. Um, and I mean, why wouldn't you? If filmmaking is hard enough as it is, if you have people you trust and you work great with and they have an excellent attitude and a great work ethic, use them again. If you know that they're gonna kill it, just keep keep using them. It's, uh, it's uh, kind of a little tribe that I have with them. And uh, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a big party in a way. Like we're, we're a little filmmaking family. It's a big party every time we get together. It's been a while, um, but it, it's such a great feeling to have kind of a group of people um you know just on a on a smaller scale but people other filmmakers have it like edgar wright has it and rob zombie has it and um so i can see why filmmakers do it i i do it because i just trust those people we work great together and you know you're gonna have they're gonna give you excellent work no that's that is so true now with, with secret santa was there anything that you had wanted to put in the film that time or budget or you know, environment did not allow you to do. Yeah, more death. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I originally, and that's one of the criticisms I get, not that I try to read or take personally too many reviews because it's it's also subjective, but one of the kind of consistent things I get was that there's a bit of a lull with no deaths in the middle. And originally I, I had had an idea for one or two more deaths that we just didn't have the money for. Like, I, I'm not even, I didn't even know if I wrote them, but they were kind of just throwaway characters, like the next door neighbor or something like that. And um, and we just, we just kind of ran out of, out of money to do it. I was, I, I just, they were, they were kind of a, not an afterthought, but they were like, in an ideal world, we could do this. But uh, we just, we just didn't have the, the time to do it. And, and I mean, there's so many little things that I look back and this is where I think filmmakers should take some time away from their babies. Like they take away time from, from their movies and let them breathe for a while and then go back and watch them. Because there were little things that always drove me nuts that it wasn't anyone's fault. It was just time and, and resources. And, 
and that and uh that you wish you could change and then after a while i watch it now and i, I wouldn't change anything and i i just kind of laugh and say you know that's that's how we grow and and get better and so i mean there's yeah little things that that i wish we could have tweaked or fixed if we'd had more time but at the same time that you know best example is spielberg when they they remastered jaws not that i'm in any way comparing comparing myself to spielberg <laughs> but um mm -hmm. uh, but uh he when they remastered jaws for blu-ray um they said you can see the wires now on some of the shots with bruce and they yeah. said do you want us to take them out and he said no don't take them out he's like they're there like that's that shows progress right so um i just i just love that that even the, one of the greatest filmmakers like of our of all time in our generation just was like no leave it in like it's you know that's where i was then that is awesome i hadn't realized that about spielberg but you're right you know like that movie is that movie you don't mess with it yeah excellent well, thank you for being here, Mikey. Stick around. We got a little bit more coming up because I'm going to pester him about not only his favorite horror movie, but we're going to find out a little bit about a film that is online right now you can watch. So stick around.